All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Better late than never. Welcome. It's Faze. Fucking Anton Lander. Yeah! I like the Magnum Tower. Bag Milk. This is Ceases. Ceases. Hello, Ceases. Ceases. Welcome. Welcome. Tyler, your rem check is so fucking sexy. Jesus. Fucking Anton Lander. It's my All right, let's let's just get this started. I'm excited. Better late than never. We're gonna turn this intro down, and we are just gonna get started. We are just gonna get started. We are just gonna get started. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Better late than never. Episode 23. Bag milk here. Well. We have got plenty to talk about today. Our beloved Edmonton Oilers are moving on to the second round of the playoffs. I was at Game 7. We'll talk about that. They're going up against the Heathens, known as the Calgary Flames. We'll talk about that. But first, I want to tell you about the audio department. Title sponsor of the podcast, of course. They joined on recently, and I appreciate them. The audio department works to create a safe space and creativity and collaboration for artists, musicians to realize their potential and share their message through sound and story. Want to go record a rap album? That's what I'm going to do in the off season. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a list of beefs. I'm going to make diss tracks for everybody. Where am I going to go? 69 2nd Avenue Northwest here in Edmonton. Or if you just want details, theaudiodepartment.ca. I need to get in touch with them. I'm going to go record a podcast down there, I think. I think I'm just going to do that. So the audio department.ca. Welcome, everybody. Better late than ever. This has been a massive, massive week for the Edmonton Oilers. Unbelievable. 
to be honest. I was very, very lucky. I was very, very lucky to get a chance to go to Game 7. I was at Roger's place the other day, and man, the vibes in there were just... I don't even know how to describe it. Like, we've heard it so many times that it was electric in there, but like, it was. It was. The, the, the energy in the building from outside... When you got there outside, you're like, maybe I'll go check out the moss pit. Well, hope you got there early because there was two different lines getting into that area and both of them were about a block long. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. And obviously there's only a finite number of people that can get in there, but oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It was just basically nonstop this. When when we're walking to the arena from the pint downtown we just heard cheering and screaming and cheering and screaming and then the music started and everybody was in just the absolute best mood it was i don't know again i i don't know if i've heard anything like it i really don't it was just it was amazing and then all of a sudden i'm looking around and everybody's got a beer in hand and all i could think about was you know what i mean <laughs> That Oilers' sweet, sweet playoff revenue was coming in on Saturday night, and the boys did not disappoint. The boys did not disappoint whatsoever. They were absolutely fantastic. They were fantastic. The most amazing thing, at least to me, was that we had almost a replica of the season as a whole within this series. Think about it. Jay brought this up on the Real Life Podcast today, and I can't really shake it. So think about this. Oilers started off a little bit, well, actually, eh, lost game one, but that was their own fault. Beginning of the season, they were red hot, 10 in a row. Hmm. Anyway, there was ups and downs. I guess that's what Jay was getting at, and I agree with it. Now I'm thinking about it, there was some major ups and downs. Thinking about game four and game five, those were ugly. Those were ugly. I was at game four. I was down in Los Angeles, and man, that was a... That was a painful one. That was a painful one. And then to do what they did in game five back at home, they were so flat. So flat. If you remember, they only had 14 shots through the first 40 minutes. Amazingly, Connor basically willed them into the into overtime, but they just couldn't get the job done. Unbelievable, though. It really, really was unbelievable. And then to close it out with what I think was their best hockey of the series in game six and game seven, led by their captain, it was exactly what they needed. It was exactly what they needed. The Oilers were firing. They were fired up. I was fired up. I'm still fired up. Now, now, what do we get? What do we get? We get a Battle of Alberta. The first Battle of Alberta since 1991. First Battle of Alberta since Nevermind. You all love Smells Like Teen Spirit. Don't tell me you don't. It's been a long time now since that album came out. That baby on the front cover, he's grown up and he's sued the band by now after taking a victory lap many, many times. But, you know, it doesn't really have anything to do with what I'm talking about. Needless to say, this is a massive series. A massive series. But I also think there's more storylines here than maybe people are letting on. I think that there is. But one thing that I wanted to get to was Robin Brownlee today on The Outsiders. He had Mac T on the podcast. And when it comes to winning a Battle of Alberta, 
Here's Mac Tia to say. He says, it's a cliche, but it's how bad do you want it? And what are you willing to do to get it? How much more do you have left in terms of competitiveness competitiveness, and battle and courage to get it done? You've got the challenge. You've got to challenge the tough areas. You got to compete hard on pucks. Otherwise, you're not going to win. The price to win this series is going to be high. I know for sure we have a number of guys who are going to pay the price. That t- brings me back to Connor McDavid in game seven. He started that game by absolutely blowing up Sean Dursey. Rogers' place went bananas. The place went ballistic for the captain throwing the body around. Then, bookends it. Huge goal to clinch the series. Well, I mean, the, the series winning goal went to Cody Ceci. Shout out to Cody Ceci, by the way. He quietly put up six points in that se- in that series, and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it, and I just want to give him some love because, man, he had a whale of a series. Quietly went about his business. Didn't really worry too, too much about what was going on. I really appreciated the play or the way that he played against Los Angeles. And to have him rewarded with a goal, listen, at that point in Game 7, tensions were high. The Withers were playing well. They were the better team of the two, but, but they couldn't get on the board. So, we needed an unlikely hero, I thought, and we got it, and Cody Ceci. Then, Connor McDavid scored probably what I thought was one of the most amazing slash hilarious goals I've ever seen. One, amazing because Connor just, he just took over the play. He's like, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. Yamamoto hit him with speed. He gets in. Dursey hooks him. He's going to go to the penalty box, but Connor's like, nah, I'll just finish this now. I don't know why all of the controllers on the LA Kings disconnected all at the same time. Have you ever played vids and that happened to you? That's what they look like. They just stopped and stared at him. I think maybe they thought that a whistle was coming, but you play and tell the whistle. That's what they say. Anyway, Connor finished it off. The celebration was amazing. I don't know if I've ever heard Rogers plays anywhere close to that loud before. It was incredible in there. I felt so, so fortunate to be there. And for those of us at the office at Nation HQ today that were there, I was there, Jay was there, Tyler was there, uh, Liam was there. We all just felt incredibly grateful to have the opportunity because a building like that and a moment like that with a performance like that by Connor McDavid, that, that shit doesn't come around a whole lot. And I wanted to make sure that I was going to enjoy it. I want to make like a mental note as best as I could to enjoy that moment. Another guy that needs a little bit of love in that game was Leon Dreisaitl. We're going to talk about him more in the news. It was clear he was playing hurt. And yet, even so, he is out there for over 22 and a half minutes. Now, has he played a better 22 and a half minutes before in his career? Sure. But the amount of pain that he must have been feeling and suffering through at that moment, that was unbelievable to watch him do his thing because he's still effective. Leon Dreisaitl at 65% is better than most of the players in the NHL, and you're never going to convince me otherwise. Never. Not once. So, Leon, I just want to say, hey, thank you, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you putting your body on the line to try and get this done. Here's a round of applause for Leon. So now we get the Calgary Flames. Now we get the Battle of Alberta. The first one, like I said, since 1991. What is it going to take to get there? 
What is it going to take to win? Well, like Mac T says, you're going to have to put your body on the line. You're going to have to sacrifice and you're going to have to play as hard as you possibly can because Calgary is a very good team. Though they almost did get goalied by the uh, Dallas Stars. Jake Ottinger, what a performance. You guys watch OT last night? Fuck me. That kid has got a bright, bright future in this league, my friends. He almost stole that series single-handedly. And while I would have loved to see the Dallas Stars because they're just a lower-seeded team, I think it would be an easier one. We all needed the Battle of Alberta, didn't we? The internet wanted it. The hockey world wants it. And if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And the best team in our division this year was the Calgary Flames. It's not going to be easy. But I believe we can do it. I believe the Oilers learn some lessons in that first round series against the Kings, and they're going to carry those forward into this round against Calgary. And for Calgary, they're going to have a much different animal in the Edmonton Oilers than they just face in the Dallas Stars. Listen, I was watching that game last night, and I couldn't believe that Dallas was just sitting there essentially like playing zone defense like it's basketball. They were just sitting back, waiting for things to happen. Calgary was hammering them with shots. They were just happily flipped it out to center ice. There was no attack. There was no physicality. Now, admittedly, I'm fully admitting, I did not watch all of the games in that series. I watched a couple of them, but this is going to be way rougher. Way rougher Oilers and, and Flames than the Flames and Stars were. And I think for the Oilers, they got a little dose of it against LA. LA played physical game. So the Oilers, the Oilers were willing, led by their captain to throw their body around. In game seven, every defenseman outside of Tyson Berry had multiple block shots. They were doing what they had to do to win. Mike Smith finished the series with a 939, two saves, uh, two shoutouts, I should say. This is a different animal. By no means am I overconfident, by no means am I saying this is going to be a walk, but if Calgary does not get themselves ready to go, if they feel overly confident about what they've done so far, well, I'm going to tell you, friends, they are going to be in trouble. Connor McDavid is way too good right now. He is at the top of his game. He is not going to allow the Oilers to fall. He may have to drag them single-handedly like he did in Game 6 and Game 7, but you know what? Anybody he can do it, he can do it. And for a Flames team that only that barely scored any goals throughout that series, well, they're going to have to get more than they did. And for the Oilers, they're going up against a much better team. They're going to have to hope that offense keeps rolling. They're going to have to keep they keep rolling. They're going to have to hit everything that moves. They're going to have to get more shots on net, and they're going to have to create chaos in front of Jacob Markstrom because he is a damn fine goalie, but he is beatable. The Oilers just faced Jonathan Quick, who, in my opinion, was playing some really solid hockey for the Kings, and they made him pay. They made him pay. And that's exactly what they need to do to Jacob Markstrom. They need to get him moving. They need to get traffic in front. They need to get hacking away at him. And I absolutely believe that the boys are going to do it. And that's why both I and the audio department are excited about this series against Calgary. I mean, outside of the start time on Friday, who thought an 8.30 start on a Friday night was a good idea? We're in the second round. Half the teams are gone now. What are we doing? What are we doing? Boo! That's not the boo sound effect I wanted, but I'll roll with it. By the time the game actually gets going, it's almost going to be 9 o'clock. 
we're not getting out of there till midnight. Well, I'll probably be at the watch party. We haven't released the schedule yet for our watch parties, but keep your eye on at Oilers Nation on Twitter, OilersNation.com on Instagram. That's spelt D-O-T. We'll get something done. Until then, I'm going to tell you once again about the audio department. Check them out at theaudiodepartment.ca. They've got a studio available for you, whether you're recording a hot new indie track, a diss track, or maybe you just want to go record a podcast. Hit them up, theaudiodepartment.ca. And that leads us in to the news. The news is brought to you by Arcadia Brewing. As always, they're available at ArcadiaYeg.com. Go check them out there, see what they got going on. Arcadia Brew Co. on Twitter, Arcadia Brewing Co. on Instagram. So, we're going to start off with the story everybody in Edmonton's talking about today. Leon Dreisaitl. Today, Frank Saravalli, he reported Leon Dreisaitl played through a high ankle sprain in a Game 7, wondering what the Oilers are going to do with their former Hart Trophy winner. Do you rest him? Do you rest him? I, do, I don't like that idea. I really, really don't like that idea. I just, I can't, I, I can't see anything good happening from the Oilers missing their second best player. But ultimately, can Leon go? Can he play? Can he be effective? Can he do all the things he needs to do that make him Leon Dreisaitl? Maybe that keeps him on Connor McDavid's wing. Lowers the amount it has to skate. Connor can do the legwork. Leon can be there to dish, pass, shoot, fire. That would be an okay spot for him, maybe. But we're going to see. We're going to see. I'm incredibly nervous about it. Today, the Oilers practiced. Leon was not on the ice, but at the same point, Connor wasn't on the ice. Nuge wasn't on the ice. Smith wasn't on the ice. It's the playoffs. Everybody's having a day off, you know? But it still doesn't make me feel very good. What do we do? Now, I still can't imagine that a scenario where Leon doesn't want to play. I think it's going to have to take something cosmic to keep him out of the lineup. But at the end of the day, a high ankle sprain is no joke. I was listening to the Jason Greger show on my way home tonight. Jason Strudwick was talking about playing with one. And he said one time he played and it was okay, but he was in a lot of pain. The second time he just couldn't do it. So there are varying degrees of it. We're going to talk more about this high ankle sprain a little bit later in the righteous sack beating because Mikey Anderson is still fucking making me mad about it. Still making me mad. I want to know what a high ankle sprain is. So I went to the Cleveland Clinic website for a description today, and this is what they say. A high ankle sprain is when you tear or damage the high ankle ligaments that connected the tibia to the fibula. These ligaments are known as syndemosis, and even though that word refers to the joint itself, you might hear your high ankle sprain called a syndesmotic injury. I probably banged up a lot of pronunciations there. Our ankles connect to the leg bones to the foot bones. There is an upper ankle and a lower ankle. The upper ankle is the tibula and the fibula. It is between the upper ankle. In between the upper ankle and the lower ankle is the talus, which fits in to the arch of the other two bones. So somewhere in there, somewhere in all those words that I don't necessarily understand is a problem for Leon Dreisaitl. It is a big problem. It is one that I'm not very happy about. But at the same point, at the same point, 
I believe in him. I believe this guy is a warlord. He is German engineered for success. And I think that it is going to take something wild to keep him out of the lineup. In other news, Brett Kulak, he had himself a hell of a weekend, right? Not only did he win a game seven, but he had himself a baby as well. Congratulations to Brett Kulak. Yeah! Kyle Turris recalled today. I don't know what that means. Can't imagine he'll play. He hasn't played in a while, but there you have it. Kyle Turris will be around. Uh, according to Jason Greger, also look for Skinner, Broberg, Nimalainen, Samorukov, DeHarnay, Holloway, Malone, Benson, and a few more to be recalled for the Oilers in the coming days. Some are flying into the city. Others are driving into the city. We will see what happens. Will Dylan Holloway make an appearance in the playoffs? I mean, probably not, but why wouldn't he, you know? Oilers looking for a little offense. They're looking for a big guy with wheels and some skill. Hey, maybe he's good enough to take somebody out of the lineup. At this stage, there's nothing like that said. There's nothing like that in the cards, but I'm just putting it out there. You know? I'm just putting it out there. The Oilers have got a prospect that had some success down in the AHL. He got his first taste of pro hockey. Maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance. When I asked all of you guys about the Battle of Alberta, I've got some voicemails coming up later. We're going to get to those. But on Twitter, I asked, how are you guys feeling about the Battle of Alberta? How are you feeling? I want to know. So let's read some of the comments that came in on Twitter. Jason says, pretty good. Most likely will be a long series. The Oilers need to get off to a quick start, and we need some traffic in front of the net. May take a garbage goal to win a game. That is something that, man, I just, I'm going to give you one of these. And I'm going to give you one of these. Let's go, baby. Because you have to get traffic in front of Jacob Markstrom. If he can see the shot, he's going to stop the shot. And one thing that I thought the Oilers could have done better against LA throughout the series, although, again, they scored a bunch of goals, um, would have been to get more traffic and chaos in front of Jonathan Quick. They needed to do more of that, and I think that if they can get that done against Jacob Markstrom, then we're going to have a chance to get something to, to have some positive results. He did not have a lot of work in that series against Dallas. Uh, by comparison, Markstrom finished with a 9.43 save percentage, sparkling. He stopped 181 of 192 shots through 431 minutes. By comparison, Mike Smith, 9.38. Still solid, stopped 244 shots of 260 in 419 minutes. So Smith played less time on ice and almost had to stop 100 more shots. The Oilers need to make life difficult for Jacob Markstrom. 100% agree with Jason. Shannon says, I think they got this. Connor has been unreal. Smith has been fantastic. If the boys play like they did the last two games, I don't think there's a problem. N-R-X-I-C. How do I pronounce that? N-R-X-I-C. Smith has been playing great, but compared to Ottinger, the, the Flames might find easy goals to come by if they get over 100 shot attempts a night. If the Oil can stick with Woody's structured defense, they've strayed away from it in games four and five, then they have a chance. I just can't see any situation where the Oilers are going to allow 100 shot attempts. If you watch the game, it was like I said, if you watch last night's game, against between uh, Dallas and in Calgary, the game seven game, Dallas basically was conceding shots. They were just like, I'll shoot all you want. No problem. Take all the shots you want. I've got no problem with you, sir. 
Jake Ottinger is here to bail us out, and you can just do as you please. Now, it's also important to remember that the Oilers just, they have a better team than Dallas. There's more depth. There's more options to score. Dallas is essentially a one-line hockey team, and they really look like it against the Flames. I'm not saying that this is going to be an easy series at all, but what I am saying is that this is a different animal. I cannot see a scenario where the Flames are are putting 100 shots, or 100 shot attempts, I should say, on net. My wood is crofted. I'm terrified that even if the Oilers do manage to win, they'll have to call up the whole Condor squad because of how injured they'll be. There's going to be a lot of physicality in this one. There's going to be a lot of physicality. And no matter who wins game one, it's going to be like, well, we're up one, and the other one, other side will be like, well, we only, it's only one game, no problem. Only, it's only game. Why you have to be mad? Because it's the Battle of Alberta. We're all mad. I've been mad since I found out it was going to be a BOA last night. Uh, Michelle says, if Smith keeps playing the like he has, I think it'll be another seven-game series. Surveyor Brett says, half excited and half absolutely terrified. I think that goes for a lot of us. Killer Cod says, I hope that Lucic and Cassian just drop the gloves from the jump and set the tone that if any bullshit goes on from that point on, there will be consequences. Uh, Otto says, those boys will take a beating. The Bakersfield call-ups will be needed. I think this is going to be... A very, very physical series. And I think that goes both ways. I think Calgary is going to throw the body around. They've got a bigger, more seasoned defense. I know Chris Tanev is out or could be out, may not be out. Who knows? The playoffs are not saying anything. But this is going to be rough. This is going to be physical. This is going to be some big boy hockey. So we need the guys like like uh, Killer Cod said. Cassie needs to step up. Vander Kane needs to step up. Josh Archibald still needs to be a human missile. Darnell Nurse needs to be physical. All the big boys need to be physical. I'm looking at you, Yesapuli RV. You are a giant human being. I'd love to see you play like it. Is that unfair to expect? I know he's not playing the best right now, but this is the series where we need him. We absolutely need him. Ian says this series should be awesome. I'm worried that a few jackasses will do something stupid and give all Alberta hockey fans a bad name. <laughs> yep. Yep, I think that's uh, probably going to happen, you know? Calgary fans are not in the mood to lose to Edmonton. And if they do, here's the thing, another thing I want to say. I think the Flames have way more pressure on them than the Oilers do. Yes, we have Connor. Yes, we have Leon. But like, Calgary Flames, they've got, this is kind of like a one and done idea for them, really. Like, listen to who they have to re-sign after this season. Matt Kachuk, restricted free agent. He made seven million bucks this year. He's getting a raise. Johnny Gaudreau, he is a UFA. Either sign him or he's gone. Trade deadline's passed. He made six, seven, five. Well, this was his first hundred point season. You know he's going to get a raise. Uh, Andrew Mangiapane, RFA. He made two, four, two, five this year. So two point four. You know he's getting a raise. You know he's getting a raise. Ryan Carpenter, free agent. Yeah, Callie Yarncrock, free agent. Brett Ritchie. Free agent. Adam Rizika, free agent. Or uh, restricted free agent. Trevor Lewis, free agent. Nikita Zadorov, free agent. Good Branson, free agent. Michael Stone, free agent. Oliver Killington, RFA. They got a lot of work to do. They've got a lot of work to do. They've got some major contracts coming. And uh, I think the pressure's on them. I really, really do. I really do. Obviously, there's pressure on the Oilers. We don't want to lose to the Flames. That would be horrific. 
But at the same point, if we beat the Flames, ho, 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 lower-seeded team, Weathers had a better record than them down the stretch. Very even series, two games apiece. Hey, this is going to be some big boy hockey, though. That's what I know. And we're going to need all our big boys to be playing big boy hockey. All I hope, though, as I mentioned earlier, is that Leon Dreisaitl is going to be able to play. And that's why I'm going to end off the news and I'm going to get into the righteous sack beating because Leon being hurt leads right into that. There you go. The news. The news again is our for Arcadia Brewing Co. Check them out at ArcadiaEgg.com or Arcadia Brew Co. on Twitter, Arcadia Brewing Co. on Instagram. This is a big segment of the news, but it's going to lead us into the righteous sack beating. So there I'm going to press this one. Hello, you. Oh, wow. Your ears look fantastic. You're listening to Better Late Than Never. By bagged milk. Yes. You're sexy as well. Oh, yes. Time for the righteous sack beating. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. Righteous sack beating is brought to you by Trilogy Oil Field Rentals. If you've got a project coming up, they have got the equipment that you need to get the job done. If you go to TrilogyRentals.ca, you will find everything that you could ever need. Established provider in oil field rental tools with full-time operating units in Provost, Weyburn, and Kindersley. Trilogy Oil Field Rentals provides seasonal and project-specific stations in Fort St. John, Fort McMurray, Lac La Biche, and others as customers require. If you need equipment, they are the folks for you. Rental tools. Fishing tools, drilling tools, coil tools, completion tools, anything you need, check them out. TrilogyRentals.ca. So I talked about Leon Dreisaitl. I talked about his ankle. That leads me into the righteous sack beating because why does Leon Dreisaitl have a high ankle sprain? Well, in game six, there was a scrum post whistle and Mikey Anderson with one of the greasiest, most chicken shit plays that I've ever seen went unpenalized, uncalled out by the NHL. It was absolutely abhorrent. He grabbed Drysaddle around the neck, put his foot behind his leg and dragged him down from behind. We're lucky Leon Drysaddle only has a high ankle sprain from the way he went down. He is 200 and some pounds. He is a giant man crashing down from behind when he just gets pulled back. And then what happens? Nothing. There's not a penalty on the play. There's not a review by the league. There is nothing. No fine, no suspension, nothing. It is garbage. The NHL is the only professional sports league, at least that I can see, that does not have any interest or seemingly no interest in protecting its stars. Leon Dreisaitl is a two-time 50-goal scorer. He is a Hart Trophy winner. He has an Art Ross Trophy to his name, and yet still, he is getting pulled down by a guy who is a non-event. Your team was losing, and that's all you can do is pull a player down from behind with the dirtiest, greasiest play that I've seen in quite some time, and it was absolutely ridiculous that there was no response whatsoever from the NHL. 
I'm not even saying that finding the guy or suspending the guy would fix anything, but you know what it would do? It would show the players that are literally stuffing money in your pockets that you care about them. They're not just numbers on the ice to you. They're not just contracts. Yes, they're well paid. Yes, they get famous. Yes, they get all the exposure they could ever hope for. But what happens when you, when just some goon, an absolute plug of a player does that? Nothing. If that same play happened to Steph Curry in the NBA playoffs, do you think there would be more than nothing happen? I do. I do. If Patrick Mahomes gets a dirty shot from behind, do you think that the NFL is not going to do something about it? Of course they are. And that also comes immediately. That was the game Darnell Nurse was suspended for because of a dumb headbutt. Now, I'm not defending Darnell Nurse here. I thought that was a dumb play. I don't know why he decided to headbutt Philip Deneau. I mean, if you're going to headbutt a guy, at least make it worth it, you know, bust his nose or something. But it was a dumb play. And you know what happened? He got suspended. There was no penalty on that play. If you remember back to game five, zero call on the ice. But what happens? They look at it after and they say, wow, Darnell Nurse, you can't be headbutting people in the fucking face. You have to miss game six. He's one of the Oilers. He is the Oilers' best defenseman. And yet they still took him out for game six. But when it happens in a scrum, oh, was that is that fair game? If Darnell Nurse had headbutted Philip Deneau in a scrum instead of alone in front of the net, would that have made a difference? Because according to the NHL, it certainly it certainly seems that way. It certainly seems that way. And now we are going into the second round of the playoffs, the Battle of Alberta, the series everybody in the hockey world wanted to watch, and one of its star players that would be featured, that would help grow the game of hockey, both here and internationally, is not going to be at 100% because some fucking idiot got away with a free one. What does the NHL do? Nothing. Nothing. Just like always, nothing. I have very low expectations for the NHL in general when it comes to discipline, but even this was just garbage. Mikey Anderson, you're trash. I can't wait till somebody dummies you because I guarantee you deserve it. If you do plays like that, man, you have no, you don't belong in the league. You don't belong in the league if that's what you're going to do. There's a righteous sack beating for our friends at Trilogy. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. There you go. Had to let it out. Had to vent a little bit. Had to vent a little bit. (sighs) Woosah. Woosah. You know? All I can think about, though, really, is like signing Steve McIntyre to like a two-hour deal, and then he just squares up with Mikey Anderson whether he wants him to or not. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Dare to dream, friends. Dare to dream. But, no, it's not a dream. The voicemail. The voicemail is brought to you by Rig Hand Distillery. I've been talking about it all year on the Bcast. Go to RigHandDistillery.com. Check it out. Tour and tasting coupon is right there. Get yourself a bottle of Double Double for your coffee. Get yourself a Brum for your victory drinks. 
Rig Hand Distillery has got everything that you could ever hope for. I recommend the tour and t- the the tasting tour that they have available. I've done it. It's fun. Go to Niskew. Check it out. Today, uh, we've got a small batch of voicemails today. I asked you guys a couple of questions. we got some older ones in here, so we're going to get to everything that I missed since the last episode of the podcast. Let's get to it. Voicemail number one. Yo, Oilers Nation, what's up? Bag Milk, what's up, my brother? It's your friend. It's your guy, the Proby, the one and only. And listen, I don't have an opinion on this. I actually have a bona fide solution to this problem. And it's very simple. It's a solution that's been under our noses this entire time. <laughs> Put Miko Koskin in between the pipes. I know we have a love-hate relationship with Miko as fans and observers of him in, in the city, but... When did this voicemail come in? What's today? Put Miko Koskin in between the pipes. This came in on May 12th. When was May 12th? Oh, did we lose game five? Yeah, okay. I see where we're at. It's funny how now in hindsight, this this voicemail is not going to make any sense, you know? He's fresh. He hasn't seen a lick of action in weeks, and I think it's time to put him in. Mike Smith is a battler. We hear this consistently, but there's just not enough road left for him to battle in battles. this playoff series. So it's time for Mike to have a seat, have some Gatorade, kick his feet up, and get some rest. He could start the next series. That's fine. But I think it's time to see Miko shine. And now listen, one thing that this team has done all year is, is in pressers and in post games, they've always come out and said they love playing in front of Miko. Miko's their guy. And I believe that. And you know, if they put him in, <laughs> absolutely this team will be motivated to come in and show out for him and for the fans. So look, it's time to put Miko in net. Better late than never, as I'm sure you would like to say. And let's not forget this other caveat to this entire situation, which is Miko Koskinen is playing for his NHL future. So absolutely, give him a shot. We'll see Mike Smith in the next round, but it's time to let Miko, the big Finn, take the reins and take us through this. What say you? Peace. I let that play out because I was curious where he was going to go with it. So that came in on the 12th. That would have been right before game six, I believe. Let me go back up. I don't remember what day is which anymore. I've been doing a lot of drinking. Yeah, so on May 12th, that was game six. So he wanted to have Miko in for game six. I kind of get it to a point, I suppose. But also at the same point in game five, Mike Smith made some big saves in the third period that allowed them to get to overtime. If you remember, there was a couple of odd man rushes. He made some huge saves there. So I, I'm not just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to doubt Mike Smith right now. I just think that he's playing really well. He's playing solid. He's doing his job. Is he perfect? No, he allowed some weak goals. You know, he'd want back, but he's doing his job. And I think that you have to ride the hot hand. And right now his hand is mighty hot. Puff the magic dragon lived by the sea. <laughs> he got caught a little bit short and tried to have a whack. <laughs> little Puff the magic dragon. Uh, that had nothing to do with anything. So, voicemail number three. Over under $50,000 for a pair of tickets to tonight's game, Rogers. How... How much would it take? $50,000 sitting on the table in front of you and a pair of tickets anywhere you want in the arena. How much would it take? Would you do it for $20,000? $10,000? is what they sell for online. How much would I pay for a pair of tickets? So that voicemail came in for game uh, head of game seven. How much would I have paid? I got lucky. Um, actually, Trilogy Oilfield Rentals 
hooked me up with the tickets that I had on Saturday. So Trilogy, not only are you a sponsor of the podcast, you are just enriching my life all the way around. You absolutely are. I'm so excited that I got to go to the game because of you. So, but how much would I pay? Well, let me think here. Liam got himself some decent seats on Saturday, and I think he paid somewhere around 500 bucks per. Um, would I go anything over $1,000 for a pair of tickets? I don't think I would. There's just, there's a, there's a cheapness in me that wouldn't allow me to do it, I don't think. And I don't know if you guys know this. I ain't rich. I ain't rich. You may think I am, but I ain't rich. So maybe $1,000 for a game seven. That's probably the most I could do. That's probably the most that my stomach would allow. Although that said, I spent more than that on uh, four days in Los Angeles. So who knows? But when you're talking about 20 grand, 50 grand, no way. If I had access to $20,000 or $50,000, I would be spending that on just so many other things. Like a, like a new pair of pants. You know, maybe some shoes. I've got one good shoe. I'd like a pair. You know, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. I'm curious though, what would you spend? If you had the chance to just, money was no object, say. How much are you going to spend? Well, hang on, if money is no object for me, then I'm, now that's a different conversation, but I'm living in the here and now, the present, the real world, baby. This podcast studio that I'm recording in right now, this is my kitchen table. Thousand bucks. That's my answer. I, 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 I just don't think I could do more than that. Feeling pretty good about this series coming up. Round two, Battle of Alberta. You know, it's been a split series through the season. Two wins, two losses for the Oilers. Pretty pumped. You know, McDavid is on fire. And then, you know, watching Kane score like he has, it's only a matter of time before Hyman starts popping as well. I'm interested to see that third line, though, with Archibald, uh, Ryan Nugent-Hawkins, and Poyarvi, and just waiting for them to start scoring. Archibald's been unreal, hard-hitting, penalty-killing. He, he's been a great asset these playoffs. And then, uh, you know, can Mike Smith make smart plays when he's got the puck in our end? We've seen it. Uh, you know, last I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, sorry to cut you off there. What I want to say though about Mike Smith is Calgary, one thing I noticed in their series against the Stars, they love to dump and chase. They love, 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 love to dump and chase. And I think that's actually an advantage where Mike Smith can come in handy. If he can get back there and make a smart play, like the voicemail said, that's gonna kind of eliminate some of that forecheck on the defenseman. They didn't have any of that against Dallas. It's gonna be a different angle there. So it's gonna be interesting to see how uh, Daryl Sutter affects or changes or affects his tactics there. Uh, sorry for cutting you off. Series, I'd like him to stay in a bit more because uh, it creates a lot of anxiety on this end as a fan. But really pumped for this series. We need to stifle the Flames' chances as well. They got to shoot a ton on Dallas. So making sure that we create more offense than we do scoring chances against. Um, and other than that, really excited and wondering if, you know, Edmonton's going to go with the 11 forward 7D system. It seems to work for them really well. So excited to find out. I'm excited to find out too. I think that if I was to guess, if I was to bet, what we'll see on Wednesday could be, probably will be the 11-7. It's worked really well, like you said. And I also like the idea of 
slipping McDavid through on extra shifts when possible. Calgary has got a solid team, right? Let's say top six, solid. Bottom six, though, they're good, but by no means are they unstoppable good. So if you can get some matchup opportunities where Connor can slide through, maybe Leon's healthy enough to slide through, Nugent Hopkins slide through with different looks in that bottom six on that fourth line, there might be an odd man rush or two that's created from that. So the 11-7, I didn't think I was going to like it at first when Woody started doing it, but I'm a big, big fan. Big, big fan. As for Mike Smith staying in the net a little bit more, I'm with you. Just pick your spots. Don't try to be a hero. Make the clean pass. Make the smart pass. You'll be all right. Okay, so this isn't an answer to the question you asked, but this is the information you need. You like watching trash TV like 90 Day Fiance and all yes, that Yes, I do. So you need to check out Love in the Jungle. They make people pretend to be their inner animal and they are not allowed to speak. They have to grunt and make noises at one another. <laughs> then they have to do animal mating rituals oh. to win dates where they are actually allowed to speak. And then they have to pick a mate at the end of each episode. Whoever doesn't get picked is banished. And then each episode, they add a new person in. It is hilarious, and you need to see it. Also, I don't know what everybody's worried about. Eat shit Calgary. We got Connor. We're good. We got them. All right. So there's a couple of things, first of all, that I need to check in on this. Yes. One, eat shit Calgary. Most important. Very important. Two, we do have Connor McDavid, and he's playing the best hockey I've seen him play probably ever. And he's played some damn good hockey. Three, do not ever hesitate to reach out to me with dating shows. What is this called? Love in the Jungle? I'm going to open a tab on my laptop here. Love in the Jungle. Is this on Netflix? Where do I find this shit? Where do I find it? I want to watch the trailer right now. Love in the Jungle. This sounds like the exact kind of trash TV that I'm into. You got to make animal noises with them. <laughs> Like, who comes up with these shows? I'm going to come up with a dating show where essentially all it is is you walk up and you let the woman or man that you're interested in slap you across the face. And if you can appreciate and withstand the slap across the face, they get to return it. Have you ever seen those slap for slap competitions? I want to see that. Two people slapping each other in the face as hard as possible until a love connection is made. Listen, there's one thing that I would know, or at least I'm assuming, if you get slapped in the face by someone you truly care about, it'll hurt a little bit less. And uh, I'm going to call that uh, slaps for love. Nobody steal my idea. Hey, Bag Milk. Ryan Pike from Flames Nation calling. Hope you're doing well. Hope to see you soon. I hope you have a fun and enjoyable and cordial next two weeks. Take care, buddy. Ryan Pike's a great guy. Flamesnation.ca. I'm actually looking forward to seeing him in this series. I don't get to, we don't get to see each other as much as we probably should, especially when he's just down the road. But this series is going to be intense. It's like somebody said on Twitter, I'm worried about the fans more than I am about what goes on on the ice. So, Ryan, we're going to be cool. You know what might help? Ask me to open the mindfulness app. Siri, leave me alone. Nobody asked you to open the mindfulness app. Um... I'm looking forward to seeing Ryan. I'm looking forward to the chirps and the banter that we'll have between Oilers Nation and Flames Nation. It's going to be a lot of fun. All I hope, no matter what, is that this season, this series goes long, unless the Oilers win in four or five. 
All I hope is that it goes long so that we have the maximum amount of fun between these two cities because we all need this. Looked at what happened last night. Everybody wants the Battle of Alberta. It didn't matter what fan base you are outside of Toronto because you're bucking tea times. Everybody wants this. Everybody wants it. I want it. And it's just going to be good fun. It's going to be some hard hockey. It's going to be some big boy hockey. And I cannot wait to watch it. Surveyor Brett here. And Oliver. Let's go, Oilers! That's all I need. I don't need much more than that. I'm glad that was the last voicemail I got. Shout out to Surveyor Brett and Oliver. That is... You know what? I'm going to give you guys one more go here. Surveyor Brett here. And Oliver. Let's go, Oilers! There you go. The voicemail for our friends at Rig Hand Distillery. Go check them out at righanddistillery.com. The tour and tasting coupon is right there on the website. I recommend that you do it. I'm telling you, go out to Niskew, sample some booze, see how they make it. It's a fun time. I've been there. I've done it. It's great. And they have a really cool little pub in there. Really cool little bar. Get yourself a Caesar. I'm thinking a Caesar might be delicious. So go check them out, Rig Hand Distillery. They are the sponsor of the voicemail. They're the sponsor of the B-Cast, and I love them greatly, as should you as should you well there you have it and there you have it another episode of better late than never we're gonna wrap this up all i can say is it is quarter to eight on monday may 16th i'm super excited i'm super excited about this series i'm super excited to win some money hopefully check out blt bets we recorded a new pre uh what would you what do you call it round two uh series preview just all the series. We put together some parlays in there. Zach Lang joined us. We got a lot of bets that you may be interested, provided that you are a better and you're betting responsibly. But until then, I just, man, we got a long wait. We got a long wait until Wednesday, don't we? Basically, 48 hours from now, the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames are going to start beating the snot out of each other. And I, as a fan of the Edmonton Oilers, could not be more excited. Oilers in six. I am pumped up. Let's fucking Go. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.